G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the second part of the Round 12 Review Podcast with the Extended Bench. My name's Christian and I'm here with Brody Still. We're going to jump straight into your questions from Twitter now. We've got a few through. So uh, the first question this week was from Matt Mottram, long-time listener, uh, who's asking, I don't have Zeebel or Danger. Is Zeebel a must even with his buy coming up? No Higgins, he surely plays midfield now. Okay, we talked about this a little bit during the podcast, Brody and I. Uh, I don't. I know. I feel like Zebel is getting close to being a must-have in your forward line, mm-hmm. considering the role he's playing and his ceiling at the moment. Agree. But I don't think you should be getting him in this week. I uh, agree. Would be my thoughts. That would be my thoughts too. I, I don't like the you know grabbing one, a guy with one week and then he's on a buy. Yeah, it's um, it's counterproductive for it me. Is. My caveat to that is if you act do not care about ranking and you are purely playing for league wins, save yourself the 40k and grab him. If you're not playing like fantasy matchups in the buy rounds kind of thing, um, that's what I would be doing in that case just from a pure value perspective. Mm -hmm. But totally agree. I wouldn't be bringing him in this week. Yeah. Uh, So, and danger is absolutely something you need to, someone you need to work to get into your team after his buy this week. So I'll be, I'll be bringing him in. He's a priority just like for me, I don't have Dunkley. So Dunkley is my priority to bring in this week. Yeah. Coming off of his buy. So yeah, you just want to bring them in afterwards. Free up enough cash to guarantee you're getting danger filled next week. Agreed. Yep. So a question from Paul who's asking, chasing a round 12 premium this week and Fife, Merritt or Rocky are my first thoughts, but worried about Merritt's upcoming fixture and hard tags. Best option in your opinions? And then he says, cheers boys. Love your work and efforts everywhere. Good on you, Paul. Uh, Thanks for listening, mates. So, uh, those are three really good premiums. So, the first thing he mentioned with Merritt that's caught my attention, because I haven't looked at Merritt's upcoming schedule. I have. Okay, so Hawthorne is the first game. Mm-hmm. No concerns there for me. A little bit of a concern with Shields, but not a massive one. N- none at all for me. No, but but yeah, okay, straight so after that, no, he that. comes up against West Coast yep. with Mark Hutchings, yep. and that will be the very first thing that happens at the start of the game. Hutchings to, uh, to Merritt. Okay, and the next game is GWS with DeBoer. Yeah. So he's got a Shields, a, a you know, run with roll that might not be a hard tag. Sure. I still think Merritt will score very well. The week after, just for your info, he has Sydney as well. We mm-hmm. saw what they did with Ryan Clark Ryan and George so this week. That's a month worth of possible tags right there. And Shields isn't playing at the moment. So, Shield, well, sorry, Dylan Shield isn't playing at the moment. That was going to be my point, is I believe that Dylan Shield would get the tag ahead of Zach Merritt. Do mm-hmm. you agree with that or not? I think that it would depend who the tagger is, but yes. So, yes for DeBoer, no for Hutchings. I don't think he has the pace to keep up with him. Uh, no for Shields, and probably no for Clark. I think Clark will go into Merritt as well. Interesting. Yeah, I think Clark goes to Merritt, as we saw Clark went with the more outside player mm-hmm. over the um, on the weekend. Yep. I think Shield's probably a bit more burst at the stoppage, whereas there it's someone like, let's put him in the chains, let's take a mark, hand pass five metres to him, and then he takes the kick because mm-hmm. he's such a good user. So for me, I think Dylan Shield is who they'll be worried about at the stoppages, who will get the hard tag. So as a result, I'm not as concerned as you are. Because yep. Zach Merritt's been absolutely fantastic, and he's like, is, is Dylan Shield not injured at the moment? Is he coming he, back? He's a test this week. Oh, okay. So he's a chance. To come. So if Dylan Shields is a test, I'd be less worried. But I'm still not super impressed with that upcoming run. So 
If you want to bring him in, just keep in mind that you're bringing him in at the top of his pay. You know, he's about 780k at the moment, so yep. he is expensive. Yep. And I wouldn't do that. I would think that he cops a tag at least one of those weeks yep. and goes down a little bit in cash. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I'd be happy to to bring in one of the others. I like Fife. So if we're discussing the others, mm-hmm. um, do you think there's any impact to Nat Fife over Rory Lobb being out for the year or not? I don't think so. I think probably it just means he gets more tackles than he does quick handballs out of the clearance, to be honest. It might even help him. Um, so I I still like Fife, and I do, I do love Rocky as well. So either of those are good choices, and I would probably prefer Rocky to Merritt at the moment. Uh, if he's playing, obviously, if he's come back from his injury. And I would go Fife and Ro- Merritt would be 50-50 for me. So Rocky's upcoming schedule is Fremantle this week, then Geelong, and the Dogs, then Adelaide. So three easier games for midfielders to score against and a tough one against Geelong. Yeah, Rocky just Love really it. has that, that huge ceiling. I think yep. for me, I kind of still want to go Merritt. He's just been that good. I think he's just about the best made in the comp at the moment in terms of fantasy. So he'd probably be my number one option. Okay, so you're going the opposite way. I'm going he's at the bottom and then... Yeah, I'll go he's at the top. He's Even even if he has a... I think he probably gets tagged maybe at worst one of those weeks. Yep. And I, I definitely think he'll be better than the other two for the rest of the season. So okay. that's who I'd want. Okay, so next question was from T-Mac, who's asking a pretty similar question, actually. he's uh, He's saying, who are the best trade targets coming off the buy this week? Uh, looking at Merritt, Blakely, Fife, Dylan Clark, Buley, Cripps, Brody, Nash, and also, or Nash is also tasty, though he has the buy coming up. Okay, so Cripps is a no for me because he also has the buy coming up. There's no, no yeah, question there. totally agree. Um, so I wouldn't be looking at him, and Nash I wouldn't look at this week either, totally considering agree. he has the buy this week. So and last week. Security shake, yes. yeah, Last week was the week to pick him up if yeah. you wanted him because he was super cheap. He's a little bit more expensive now and has the buy in a week's time. Uh, just a no. Brody, not in fantasy. So he's 530k? No. That's a, that's a strong no for no. me. No. Um, Blakely, I don't mine but I want to see one more week one more good score from um, him Blakely's three scores since coming back so this is I anticipated some sort of questions about guys coming off the mm-hmm. buy this is what I've looked at myself also so wow, Blakely, I, I love the actual research that yeah. you're putting into this podcast <laughs> mate you're putting Matt to shame right now <laughs> and Matt he would not care at all yeah, he <laughs> doesn't, on he doesn't, ears doesn't give a yeah, shit he's in Milan Connor Blakely 71 57 98 that's not encouraging at all to me nope there's no way I'd be trading him in this week no. as much as I love yeah. Blakely. I, I want another... Like, if he goes another high 90s or low 100 score this week, I don't mind it the week after. Yeah, who were some of the other guys he mentioned? Uh, Fife, love that. Yeah. Merritt, love that. Um, great, Both great options. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan Clark is an interesting one. Yeah, we he's, discussed this a bit last week. He's very we? yeah. expensive as a, as a midfielder. Look, I... I don't mind it, but keep an eye out for whether or not Harley Bennell is named. Did you bring in Dylan Clark last week? No, I didn't. So I, the cheap rookie I brought in was Nash. Yeah, um, I would not be bringing in Dylan Clark. I understand there's a lot of value there, but I think with Dylan Shield coming back, that he's someone who could find him his way out of the team in, two, in two to three, later. two to three weeks time. Um, Bewley, I love. I like. Bewley's, Bewley's a great holds, option if he holds, but yep. he should. Uh, and, that, and that's all the ones you mentioned. But yeah, just quickly again on. Um, uh, on Dylan Clark, yeah, it's, it's just too expensive for me. I think. totally agree. It's, it's 100k more than you'd be paying for. So, and like like I just said, 
Benel, if he's named for Frio, that'll be interesting. He's 240k yeah, so as a we, midfielder. We discussed this last week. I, I believe that the best rookie options who just had the buy would be, you know, Dylan Clark, Brett Bewley, Griffin Logue will near certainly play That's this week. That's another interesting he's about one. And we've got a lot of defenders who are who have reached their um, uh, you know, their max. Like people like Lockhart might still be Stack. there. Hoare. Stack's got another week, I think, before I the think buy. So too. Yeah. Um, uh, before we have to trade him out, but Hoare as well. Um, Dursme, you hold until the end of the buys, but he could be someone to look at getting rid of. So someone like Griffin Logue coming in at. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, bargain basement price, basically. You also have uh, Ryan Gardner from the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. He, he'd only be about 190, I believe. If he holds and is playing second forward, it's not the worst thing in the world, but he's not going to get you scores, yeah. Yeah. Um, or large ones anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, yeah, Ben, as you mentioned, oof, that's really risky for mine. I wouldn't... I'd wait awake on him, because I think he'll play like small forward if yep. he's at Freo, and I don't think he'll score as high as we all expect him to. Yeah. Not not sure what's going to happen there. So we'll move on to the next question Just there. Which one is... last thing quickly, yeah, sorry, yeah. in regards to guys coming off their bye. Um, so we discussed the mids there at Rocky. Five of the three best options by a long yeah, way. Yeah. Forward line, you brought this up early, Dunk, earlier. Dunkley is the best option. I Absolutely. think we can agree on that. In the instance you already have him and have Boak and probably have Warple, mm-hmm. who would you be bringing in out of Robbie Gray, Michael Walters, Rowan Marshall, if any of them? Uh, Walters, if any of them, but I probably wouldn't want any of those three in my final side at the end of the year. Like yeah, they're, they're each big PODs, yeah. and iffy week to week. So I would much prefer to just wait if you've already got all the other round twelve. Yeah, because your 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 team look, is looking pretty good this week. If you've already got Boke, if you've got Dunkley, if you've got you know players like Dusty Martin as well. I so. agree. I'm not interested. And from the defender side of things. T-Mac brought up Blakely, mm-hmm. but I much prefer Sicily and Caleb Daniel to him Absolutely. based on runs on the board. Absolutely. So they're they're more expensive, obviously, but I just want to see another game, uh, another great game from Blakely before I bring him in. Um, all right, question from Dim Slickies, who's asking, has Brayshaw, Angus Brayshaw, had a role change? Do, and also, do you prefer to play in draft leagues and classic during the bye or not? So first part of the question, has Brayshaw had a role change? Uh, it... I think he was always playing in and around the middle. It's just whether or not the ball got out to him. This was yeah. one good game. He he had a pretty solid game last week from memory as well. Look, I think we revisit this after his bye. So we'll we'll rethink this next week because you're not bringing him in this week. He's got the bye. There's no I mean, no point to bring him in. Yeah, we'll have no more information from next week. Though, I, I, so. guess, I guess that's true, but we may have injury issues, or the, you know, there may be a whole swathe of issues in the back line or the forward line. From my perspective, with Gus Brayshaw, he had this week, um, according to Frico, the fourth most centre bounce attendances, which is pretty consistent with his role this year. It's been yep. fourth or fifth most weeks. I don't think that is a situation where he can't have massive scores. He's shown that he can. But just keep in mind, Viney, Harms, and Oliver will always be ahead of him, and that's not going to change unless you have an injury. Jack Viney missed a lot of games last year, mm-hmm. and that's where Gus went massive. Yeah. So I'm he's... not that interested. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get that. He's yeah. playing a lot of wings still. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people will bring him in off the bye, and given his price... That's fine. That's It's not a bad move whatsoever. I just won't be doing it until I get a few more scores. I, I want one more on the park because he's gone 91 and 129. And that's before that, it was 75, 65, 76, 65. Yeah. So why would you do it after 
one solid game and yeah. a really good game. I want another really good game. I'd prefer to be risk averse. I'd, I want two. And yeah. I know most people won't agree with that, but just given how bad he was for so long this year, I'm happy to miss the boat on him. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Um, he will be cheap, though. Just keep that in mind. In regards to the draft leagues... Draft leagues? I love buy. playing during the bye. I've got no issue. Um, you, I think it's actually a must playing during the bye. Mm-hmm. Because... Otherwise, you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs for three weeks. It's what so annoying. Like, just I mean, in our draft leagues, for example, we, we both compete in a redraft league and a keeper league together. Yep. Uh, all we do is we manually go in. So the, you're the commissioner of the redraft league. I'm the commissioner of the keeper league. Uh, we'll go in and we will edit and say, for example, in the keeper league, we've normally got 18 players on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, we will say it's a best of 15 yep. of that, just like what AFL Fantasy does with their, their best 18 from 22. And um, even if you can't do that, because you you do have to buy the the um, I guess commissioner power, which is it, it's bit, twenty dollars. It's not that much. But even if you don't do that, still play during the buys because it's really a great a great equalizer mm-hmm. because it allows the teams in contention for finals. It's this I guess kind of prisoner dilemma where yeah. they have to drop guys to get people playing during the week, and it's really that argument of do you want to keep your better team so you can have a better chance mm-hmm. if you get to finals or do you pay up now yeah. lose the players get the win but at least you're there yeah. it's a very interesting dynamic and it really helps the teams towards the bottom of the ladder mm-hmm. because the teams at the top they don't drop their players yeah. so it creates a really good dynamic which I quite enjoy mm. and in salary cap as well I love playing during the buys I've, I, I don't want three weeks of doing nothing it is annoying as hell and you want to make it as complicated or well, not complicated but you <laughs> want to reward the people who put in the additional effort and if you can have the foresight to plan you deserve to be rewarded in my opinion agreed Um, and just quickly uh, I just want to um, uh, give a shout out to uh, well in my opinion, the greatest fantasy podcaster of all time, Footy Rhino. He's the, the one that got Matt and I into this uh, in the first place. We just loved listening to his stuff years ago. Uh, back on the air now, obviously, with Grant Fenn. And he mentioned uh, some an idea that he'd heard somewhere. I don't know if this is a possibility, but it's called a monster uh, buy or something like that. And basically, the way he explained it was you play the all three of the buy rounds against the same player. So that matchup that you would get in round 12, you play against that player in round 12, 13, and 14. So essentially each of your... Uh, and your whoever wins will be the one with the highest total at the end of those three, three games. Okay. So each... Uh, it, it doesn't matter about players being out on certain weeks because the... A uh, cumulative total at the end will include two scores from each of the players. Okay, question. It was an interesting idea. Pick up players each. Week. I don't know if this is a real thing. This is just something that he mentioned on his podcast casually, and I thought that would be a cool idea to tinker with, if possible. I mean, we could easily do it with, you know, the commissioner kind of privileges mm-hmm. in ultimate footy. You just you know edit two to zero and then yep. get a cumulative score. Um, interesting concept. Yeah, I'd want to think it over a yeah. bit, but I kind of like And there'd like be issues the with the waiver wire yeah. and that sort of thing, but I, I think it's a cool thought. It probably works in terms of fairness. Definitely a better option than what we currently It's a, it's have. a better option than no games. Yes. Like, I would much prefer to do something like that than not play for three weeks. And we've talked about this for way too long, so <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. Um, but we've got... Uh, the next question comes from Roy O'Bannon, who's asking, uh, another Angus Brayshaw question. So would you bring in Angus Brayshaw after the bye, given the two weeks he has moved into the middle? Uh, was Roy who asked us last week about yeah, preemptively I think, bringing in I think he in did. So if do he, we have to apologize? No. I, <laughs> look, um, I think 
Short term, yes, we'll give you an apology there, Roy. But long term, you're uh, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I, yeah, no. I wouldn't. I want another week, mate. Just, I want another week. You want another two weeks? I want another so, two. So uh, wait and see for me. He'll still be cheap after a week if he, even if he smashes another big if, score. If he goes over one thirty again, yeah, I'll bring him in. But yeah. uh, if he goes. I need two more hundreds to bring him in. Yep. That's what I think. And we got we got one last minute question as well from Matt, who's asking. Uh, probably too late, but if you can answer anyway, got twenty on the field this week, only missing the Ruckman. Uh, who to trade out of Bolter, Stack, Answorth, Gibbons, Petricelli, and Brody Smith? Cheers. Oh, geez, that was a lot there. Could you? So all right. So for me, you hold Stack. So Stack has a fourteen, so yep. yes, no. You hold him. you hold Gibbons because Gibbons has a fourteen Agreed. and can, will still go up a little bit in price. You trade Petrocelli because he's got the buy and this is the time to trade him out. Um you Let's tra- see who else there is, yeah. Answorth. You trade Answorth because I think he also has the buy this week. He does. Yep. So Answorth is another one to trade out. And then it's out of sorry, it might be Brody Smith. Uh, he means yeah, so he said B Smith okay yeah. so uh, if that's the case I would be keeping Bolter for one more week if he plays was it trade one of those guys was that correct no or? it was just who to trade out of so I would say um, he's meeting all three uh, okay yeah. these are the three these are the guys he's looking to trade yeah, out sure. and my answer would be uh, Petrocelli Answorth, and Brody Smith and hold on to Bolter Stack and Gibbons for one more week given they have the buy coming up in round 14 yeah I think Bolter will be handy to put onto his ruck field this yep. week so um, Petrocelli would be the priority if it was just one trade given mm-hmm. that um, I can't remember who the other oh, Answorth actually had a pretty good score by his standards so should go up a bit more in price if you have to hold him uh, but I totally agree with the three guys you mentioned in terms of trading. Yeah, I, I think that that's the way to go, mate. So hopefully that helps you out. And just before we dive into, of course, our favorite game for the week, Risk It for the Biscuit, we had a question last week from uh, Nick, a uh, long-time listener and good friend of the podcast. Uh, well, a uh, friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, a friend of the podcast who asked, uh, would you boys be able to rank the top five or ten 2018 draftees for a keeper league. We're talking guys like Haitley, Dersma, Clark, etc. Um, and there are any guys that we haven't seen yet that could make that list. Um, so we didn't last week, obviously, we hadn't put the research in, and this does require a little bit of looking at, yeah. so looking at some stats, looking we don't at some numbers. things other no. than our risk it, so. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much <laughs> just a constant. So, um, Basically, what we did, we we went away, we got uh, a couple of lists together, both you and my, myself. We've added those lists together. Yep. We've got a culminative list there. So we've uh, we've ranked the top 10 uh, draftees from last year's crop for a Keeper League. Now, interestingly enough, we did a small segment in a preseason podcast about this. Oh, it wasn't small, man. That no, was I, like, think we, I think we, that we actually put prep in for. <laughs> but yeah, if you haven't listened to that, that's probably a good one to go back to and listen to because we, we did do quite a lot of research mm-hmm. into that one. And we basically evaluated all the drafties for those out there in Keeper Leagues who, who cared. And it had a bit of fantasy relevance to it. There's, there's a lot of fantasy relevance from a rookie point of yep. view for draft for drafts next year, the year after. These players are going to break out eventually soon, some of them anyway yeah. so uh you've got the list from that we made yeah so. so you can see how accurate or inaccurate we were and we'll discuss some of the guys who are still on and now off the list mm-hmm. but uh we had at number one on the last list sam walsh yep number two bailey smith mm-hmm. number three isaac rankin four connor rosie five jordan clark six jack lacocious seven kieran briggs eight liam stocker nine luke valente and 10, Jackson Haley. Okay. So that, that was our list from the preseason. 
Uh, and obviously, we hadn't seen any of those players on the field and yet. And this yet. was not from a this year perspective. Like, obviously, two in particular I'll mention in Lukosius and Briggs. Yeah, they're long-term prospects. Very, very long-term. So, we didn't expect anything from those guys by now. And the whole allure of Lukosius was a long-term forward mm-hmm. who has fantasy relevance by pushing up the ground. Agreed. At Gold Coast, he can't do that this year. And, and Briggs was all about the fact that he's a young, developing ruckman at GWS who need a good, young, developing ruckman. He's, he had the ability to score very well at underage level, and he should be a prospect for the future. Of course, we haven't seen him on the park so far, and we may not for a couple of years. No, we may not, but we still feel probably as strongly about those two. I've actually been um, a little disappointed by Lukosius. Mm-hmm. I actually have think, thought he hasn't looked good at all this year. I agree. Um, he's been very disappointing. So, and I know that's his team and situation to an extent, but I still have seen, I guess, key forwards like Harry Mackay who are in bad teams and they look yeah. a hell of a lot better. So, exactly. Um, that's someone I would be a bit mindful of. Now, Stocker and Valente. Valente has had the long-term injury. So, and and you had Valente extremely high. I, I did, so I've I barely got, ranked him. We've so got to push Valente to the side is, for the moment. This is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you still feel about Valente? Because I never was that big on him. I still rate Valente, but we haven't seen him on the park. So mm-hmm. there's there's going to be guys we talk about in a moment that we have seen on the park, and now they're a known commodity. So sure. obviously they push ahead of him. Okay. Uh, so we'll get into the list that we have now. We'll go from 10 to 1. Uh, basically, uh, at number 10, Taron Thomas from North Melbourne snuck into our combined list. And we both had him around about 10. He looks like he's just going to be a, a solid midfielder who might have forward status mm-hmm. for quite a lot of his career. Or will have forward status for his whole career, I think. Yeah? You reckon? Yeah, I really think so. He's just nuggety. He's really tough. He, he gets in amongst it in the clearances but as well. But he's classy and yeah. kind of elegant as a player it's, as well. It's really weird. He's, a, he's a, just a good competitive beast. So you know that he's going to fight hard for the footy, and I just rate him really highly. So he's going to be a very interesting one to watch. Yeah, I thought that um, given his size and um, the way he was built and North's previous hesitancy of playing rookies, he'd be someone who'd be a bit of a long-term hold. He wasn't even in our top 20 when we did this list at the start of the year. The fact that he's broken early, got a role which could eventually be conducive to fantasy. Mm -hmm. I think we're both, yeah, really in unison here that he could be someone who's worth stashing depending how deep In the Keeper League, absolutely. Uh, Number nine, Isaac Rankin actually fell all the way down to here. Now, obviously, he's had the hamstring injuries. We haven't seen him. But we just know from his underage level how good this kid is. And he is going to be very good. Would we still like to have him at three? Yeah, like nothing's changed. But when you have all these guys who've come in, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, you know, a bird in the hand versus bird in the bush or exactly. runs on the board kind of situation, mm-hmm. it's very hard to ignore some of these rookies who've been so promising. So that's why Rankin slid down for both of us. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So number eight, uh, Zach Butters snuck into the list. So he's just been really good this year. Really consistent um, for, well, in terms of a rookie at least and yeah for a keeper league owner he's going to be one of those really good uncontested players he might have forward status for a fair amount of his career but he will move in and out of the midfield and give you some good scores as well so I, I really like the look of Butters Port actually have a few players on this list yeah and they drafted very well and Butters has yeah he's he could play wing mm. so maybe that's bad in the short term but from a long term perspective it could be a role which is really conducive to scoring well. Agreed. Number seven, Sydney Stack has come from nowhere. I mean, he wasn't even drafted, obviously, when we did the podcast. So when we in the preseason, he hadn't been picked up late by Richmond just yet. 
Um, now he did score very well at underage level. He is he has the ability to play through the midfield, but he's a very good defender, a great intercept mark, good tackle. I mean, we've seen it all in the park this year. He deserves to be in this top ten list. Um, yeah, in ultimate footy at the start of the year, if you didn't have uh, position or DPP changes on, he will still be classed as a midfielder, which sucks. Believe me, I, I picked him up uh, as a midfielder in a keeper league, and he would be playable in defence this year in a deep keeper league, but he's not playable in the midfield yeah, at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And, he, and he's, he's definitely worth the hold in a keeper league. I'd yeah. be picking him up in really any keeper league. What's actually interesting about the guys we've ranked so far is uh, I think Thomas we both had a 10, but mm-hmm. as we had 8 and 9, and Rankin we had 8 and 9, just switching between who ranked him in which area. Agreed. So we've been extremely consistent given we haven't talked about this at all beforehand. Yep. And Sydney Stack's another one. I had him 6, you had him 7. So we both rate these guys really highly mm-hmm. for them to both be on our boards. And I totally agree with everything you said about Stack. Uh, number six, Jackson Haitley, uh moves up a little bit because we have seen him play a couple of games. His points per minute on ground are fantastic. He plays a great role when he's on the field through the through the middle of the ground. Look, I, again, it all comes down to the fact that he's playing for GWS. They are stacked for midfielders. What happens at the end of the year in terms of Canelio's contract? That'll be interesting to see because if he leaves, players like Haitley and like Aiden Bonner will get some more time on in the best 22 no question about that whatsoever mm. so that's going to come into play a little bit i i, I really I think, worry about Haitley. you're a lot higher on him than i am mm-hmm. i still had him at seven but we've why i moved him up from my initial board from the preseason he's scored twice in the 80s that's incredible for a first year mm-hmm. player so those are his first two games as well exactly There's, i have a huge a very strong conviction that he's a, a really relevant fantasy player what worries me is Jai Caldwell's played as many games as him, so their job security is probably similar. You have as Has you Jai Caldwell played? I, I didn't I think Jai Caldwell I don't think he's played actually. I don't think he's debuted. So I, he, um, just maybe I'm thinking of his a, preseason yeah, games that, where he was really good. That, I, that's I, what you're thinking of. Yeah. I am wrong. Yes, he was very good in the preseason, mm. but he has mainly been injured. But I think their job security is still fairly similar. Um and they have Tom Green, who's meant to be a top 10 pick, coming in another inside midfielder. Oh, so it's just a nightmare. or a, It's a positive nightmare. If for GW, GWS, I mean, yeah. GWS are just going to have the pick of the crop. But in saying that, he's still a holding keeper leagues for me because of what he can put on the park. And if he's not getting games, he's too good to languish in the Neafel. He's going to get. He's going to go to another team in two years. And it, there's no question. If he's not playing next year, Jackson Haley moves back to South Australia. I guarantee Adelaide and Port would give away a ridiculous amount to get Haley back. So, yeah, I think that... See, Adelaide, I feel like, um, would be the worst possible situation for him. Yeah, not good. So many similar inside mids, just like GWS. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, if he if he was playing now, he'd be so good. Oh, like... yeah, absolutely. Um, number five was Jordan Clark from Geelong. Now, we both rated this guy really highly in the preseason. He's done nothing to prove us wrong. He's been a little bit inconsistent with his scoring, but his role has changed a fair bit. The fact that he's played so much in the clear number one team in the competition's top side just speaks volumes. I and mean, he's a really good player too. Yeah. Even if the scores haven't quite been what we wanted them to be. He's best 22. And that's incredible. Yeah, and he's for a first year defender player. too. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so much going for Jordan Clark. The fact that he's going to be a defender for his whole career in fantasy football yeah. is huge. I think he's going to be like one of the premium defenders we're talking about in three to four years. If he had have been in the year previous, um, 
like with the Rainer and that crop, he he would have been even higher, like on, mm-hmm. on this list comparatively. Yeah. This top five is exceptionally strong, or mm. even even top ten. Like it's absolutely it's, it's a really strong group of players. Uh, Connor Rosie sneaks in at number four, so he's just looked really good. That X factor, that class. We didn't know about his scoring capabilities because he was a bit up and down in the uh, in his under eighteen years in terms yeah. of scoring. But he's put it on the park in certain games. He's got that ability to find the ball and hit the scoreboard as well. If he has forward status throughout his career, which I suggest he would, he looks he more a forward than a defender. You would think so. Um, then he's definitely worth looking at. As a midfielder, I'm not quite as sure uh, if he's... I don't have any worries there. But, I mean, he just looks so good. So I think he's going to be a very good fantasy player. I think he's going to maintain... Uh, dual position yep. for his whole career and mm-hmm. and to go 73 in your first year as a dual position player great that average is, th- again that would put him number one in many other years mm-hmm. it just shows how strong the rookies were absolutely and now the top three so we had Xavier Dersmer at number three now this guy's come in out he wasn't even on the top 10 actually we had him at 12 so yes that was it, it yeah. and I think did you not have him on your list at no, all I, and I, I had him at about Eight or something? I think you had Dersmer like seven or eight. I had yeah. him stuck back at like 15 or yeah. so. So, like, so yeah. on average, he moved out of the uh, preseason yeah, top exactly. 10. But Dersmer just looks like he has such class. Like he has the ability to find the ball. So when I say the ability to find the ball, I mean he knows the right spot to be in. And that's something that you, you struggle to teach these young kids. Now, that is fantastic going forward for fantasy footy. The scores that he is putting on the park this year consistently are Excellent. So, if you've got this guy in a keeper league, hold on for dear life. If he's unowned in a keeper league, I don't know what your keeper league is doing because surely he should have been picked up by now. He, he'd be owned in redraft leagues. So he would absolutely. So he'd be owned in everything. I think. Um. Also, with Dersma, the only reason I had him down a bit was like I felt maybe he was a bit flashy. Maybe mm-hmm. like like he has that pace. He has that long kick. I was like maybe he'll play a wing. But the fact that he's a defender... He's playing halfback slasher wing, so he's playing a great fantasy it's, role. It's incredible, and he looks great doing it. He's, he's a very, very, very good player. Mm-hmm. He, he was your number two, so... Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bailey Smith, uh, he was... He's just been great. So he great. was my number so two. So he was. Yeah. Now, now, Bailey Smith was... Uh, look, I, I think that there was a little bit of a struggle of, over the first couple of games, mm-hmm. but... And obviously, he was coming back from an injury as well. Yep. So he had to work his way back into form, and he's found that form. Yep. He's been spectacular. Look, he's putting great scores together. What's Do you know what he's averaged this year so far, Bailey Smith? In the last five, it would be a lot higher. Yeah, um, I'd say he'd be averaging in around about the high 70s in the last five. He's, yeah, 68 for the year, and then last four, he's gone at 70. So oh, yeah, so seven, around about 70. Understandable so. if people wanted to have Dersmore or Rosie ahead of him. I totally understand why they're averaging more in their dual position. I completely get that. It's just the signs I've seen from him and the way he looks shows that he's got the ability to rack it up mm-hmm. and the ability to the fantasy game. And yep. he's done it. He's had some good scores in hard matchups. I just, I'm very, very, very confident he'll be a great player. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And number one, I mean, everyone knows who the number one is. It's Sam Walsh. He's too good. He, I mean, the fact that he's pumping out hundreds regularly in his first season is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to average 100 this year, but an average of 90 is possible. It's incredible. Which is ridiculous. It's why in the first part of the podcast, I brought him up in, in relation to your Zach Merritt, your mm-hmm. Tarantos in a keeper league, because 
he's six years younger than you know his Eretz and stuff, and he's doing a lot more than I've ever seen anyone do in their first year. It feels like only injury could stop him. Yeah, so it's if you if you manage to get him in your uh, keeper league uh, top up draft last year. Or at the start of this year, I should say, just pat on the back. Well done. Yeah. And you probably used your number one or number or number two or three pick to do that. Um, so yeah, just to run back through that list in reverse order. Number ten, we had Taron Thomas. Uh, number nine was Isaac Rankin. Eight was Zach Butters. Then Sydney Stack at seven. Jackson Hately at six. Uh, Jordan Clark starting the top five at number five. We had Connor Rosie at four. Number three was Xavier Dersma. Two was Bailey Smith. And top position, number one was Sam Walsh. Yeah, in terms if if... I know the question also asked about honourable mentions. There's probably no one we feel nah. really strongly off the list. But just if any of, you know, Chase Jones, Caldwell, Stocker, Valente, Jack Ross, Bailey Scott, Kieran Briggs are kind of unowned. Yeah. Um, Lacocious even... Um, Valenti, they're the sort of guys you want to look at. So Perfect, yeah. exactly. Um, so, we're, uh, uh, we hope that helps. So, a lot of people out there will be in Keeper Leagues. And if you're not, I, I organise one in the off-season, guys. If you're a Draft League player, Keeper Leagues just add that extra bit of fun. If you've got a, a core group of guys that always seem to get together, it's brilliant being able to carry these guys season to season to season um, and hold some guys. You know, you have to pick these players early. Um, you know, a lot like uh, players like Tim Taranto, uh, uh, not so much Sam Walsh, but like a Bailey Smith, you have to take a little bit more of a punt on early. Um, and they may take a couple of years to pay off, but when they pay off, that just, it just feels incredible. It's the most rewarding feeling, and you get this sense of attachment to your players that you don't do in AFL Fantasy. Like in AFL Fantasy, oh, cool, 40% of the comp has Zach Merritt. Yeah. You are the only one in the comp who has Zach Merritt, and it's and you um, you have him for years as well. Keepers is is my favorite format by a long way. I prefer one, I, it over I absolutely over agree. Over draft, yeah. um, I could sit here and talk about keepers all, all day. <laughs> we if, won't. Yeah, we, we we've won't. got to get onto risk it for the biscuit. But yeah, just if you have a group of friends, do it with them. If you don't have enough, don't get people who half-ass it. Yeah, Matt, try and get a good group of mates together. Look on Twitter. There will be people I've seen advertising for keeper leagues mm-hmm. who are really just looking for that spot and yep. they'll take that chance absolutely um, so we're going to get into our favourite game Risk It For The Biscuit now for those of you who haven't listened to the podcast before we're basically going to look at your waiver wires for draft leagues uh, we're going to try and pick out some hidden gems in there who will come in this one particular week and they will smash out a good score for you now obviously important for the buys but if you've got injuries if you've got a, a particularly hard matchup coming up and you need a good score this particular week these are the guys to run after. So, they need to be owned by less than 50% of the competition in Ultimate Footy. That's the number one rule. Normally, we would say we can't have chosen them twice, but we've scrapped that rule because, geez, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah, so the guys we chose last week, we can't pick, right? Because no. I'm, I'm, I, no. Mason Wood would be straight back. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mason Wood, the, the reason behind that is uh, you're keeping him in your side. If you picked up yeah. Mason Wood last week, you're keeping him in there. And that was a great call as well, by the way. So, uh, first up... I have the number one choice. You I do have the number one choice. I uh, wanted to interject there because... I have very limited players I can pick from. <laughs> um, given six to only six games of play, being played, it was very, very difficult this week. And the amount of guys I looked at who had 60% or 55% written mm-hmm. next to their name, 
infuriated me. Oh, I bet it did. <laughs> um, my number one, though, is going to be Taylor Jaman. Okay, uh, I like that. 43% owned, averaging 67, mm-hmm. but a last three of 99, 73, and 77. Yep. He will not get dropped with Alex Pierce going out the side. He may play taller, which would suck, but I don't believe he will, mm-hmm. especially against a Port team, which doesn't have too many tall forwards. Mm-hmm. He's really got fantasy game. He's a good user. They try to get it in his hands. I like Jaman a lot better than anyone else on the waivers. No, I like that a lot, man. That's a good choice. All right, so my first pick, uh, I'm opening up the Bailey files again. Oh, no. And I'm going with Bailey Dale. I'm going with my boy. <sighs> I'm, I'm going with my boy. Forward from the Western Bulldogs. Look, he's playing Carlton this week, and that's pretty much the entire reason I picked him. Everyone seems to think, look, oh, change, you know, um, David Teague, he's going to revolutionize the coaching. Like, he's done so well in his first game. Cripps is back. Colton are back. Um, no, they're not. They, they had one particularly good game. It was that emotional sort of get up and get at him sort of game. I don't think they're going to have the same sort of effect this week. I think the Bulldogs are going to run all over them. And after Bailey Dale had a 79 against West Coast in a smashing at Subiac, or at Optus Stadium, I should say, I reckon that he's in for another solid score. What if he gets dropped? I don't think he'll get dropped. He was too good in that game. He was one of their better players. He was players. one of their better players. Yeah. So I, I really like uh, Bailey Dale this week. I nearly went along very similar lines to you mm-hmm. um, and tried to pick Aaron Norton. Oh! 51%. Aaron Norton yeah, is that 51%. Pissed, that pissed me off. He was one that I looked at as well. It's like you know it is extremely slim when that yeah. is uh, the case. So with my... Bailey Dale was 8% owned. <laughs> so really? yeah, really? it's bad. <laughs> 50% owned doesn't count, yeah. No, no, 50% uh, is good. Yeah. Oh. No, no, 50% is okay. You can, If he's owned by 50%, you can choose him. Let me quickly look. <laughs> Quick research. Does that mean I get to jump in with my pick? No, 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 I got someone, but... All right, who I'll go with then? Oh, the tension. It's mounting. It's... Yeah, I'm going to go with 50% on the dot owned is Tom Jonas from Port Adelaide. Oh, yeah, I so like that pick. He's gone 75 98 in his last two. Port have been mm-hmm. chipping it around quite a bit. And with Frio's entries into the forward 50, I think he could be in line to you know get some intercept marks and yep. they'll use maybe Optus to switch a bit. So I'm hoping he comes in handy there. Thank you very much for letting me use a 50% owned because no. <laughs> my next option was trash. What kind of trash are we talking about, man? Someone who hasn't played this year in Charlie Dixon. <laughs> that was the level I was going for. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's, that's not the best. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to... Oh, I don't want to do it. But, damn it, fine, I'm doing it. Uh, I'm going with another Bailey. I'm, I'm continuing the Bailey you files. It. You need it, Chris. <laughs> I'm opening the Bailey files again. I'm going with Bailey Williams against Carlton. Is there any punishment is there, is there if they any... Because like, one of these two is... No, nah, sure. yeah, I'm definitely not going Bailey Williams. I'm no, not, no, you've said it. I'm you've not said going, it. I'm not That's going locked. Bailey Williams. That's locked. I'm not going Bailey Williams. That's locked. There's no chance I've got Dude, Bailey Williams. Oh, I, I disagree. <laughs> no, I'm going with an even riskier pick. Um, I'm going with Dean Kent from St. Kilda. So... Dean Kent coming up against Gold Coast. I took a punt on this guy earlier in the season, and it did not pay off for me. He'd come off a couple of hundreds. Um, he's got the ability to score big. He's got a nice ceiling, but he's got one of the lowest basements in AFL football today. He is woeful on a bad day. I'm going to back him in and say that this is going to be a very good day against Gold Coast. I think St. Kilda coming off the bye will be rested. Um, it's tough to say whether they'll be rested or lazy, because... 
Some teams are a bit 50-50 when they come off that week off. I think Dean Kent will have a particularly good game this week against. Uh, again, I think he's up on the gold. No, no, he's at home. He's no, it's uh, it's against Gold Coast in Townsville. Oh, okay. Uh, First AFL game there. Mm, interesting. So yeah, I, I think it doesn't matter where he'll play. I think St Kilda will push the ball into the forward line too much. I think he'll have a few snags in there, and he'll have a very, very solid game. So, yeah, of course I'm not going to Bailey's. There's no oh, chance. Oh, I don't know. Rewind the tape. <laughs> I love the fact that you actually thought that that was happening. If I had any sort of authority on this podcast, I would have held you to that. Unfortunately, you don't. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to finish up for this week. <laughs> Thank you again so much for joining us. If you have any questions, you can catch us on Twitter at ExtendedBenchAU. Send us any through any time. More than happy to help you out ahead of the buy round coming up this week. Uh, until next week, hopefully you have a great weekend of fantasy footy. Hope your premiums go big again. Hopefully the rookies you have left over on your park also score well. Have a great weekend of fantasy footy, everyone.